You are listening to the Straight Shooters exclusively on Wildfire Radio. Subscribe to the Straight Shooters podcast on iTunes by visiting the iTunes store and download every episode on wildfireradio.com. Now, here's Vaughn Johnson and Nick Picone bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of professional wrestling. Is Warren Johnson. Well, super nerdy pet peeve uh, of mine, Nick Picky. I don't think he should have been hopping over the top rope like a uh, parkour champion. You got me mad now. What is your name? Yeah, as always, with my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Pacone. That's me. It ain't got a back, Nick. I don't really know us like you think that you do. I'm Ryan Isley. What is he doing? Oh my God! Straight Shooters is, the, I believe, the number one show on Wildfire Radio. I'm feeling good. No sleep, no food, no nothing. Just maniacism. Well, the spe- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. What actually happened on the show? Nothing. Give me a hell yeah. I said give me a hell yeah. What's up, everybody out there at Internet Land? My name is Vaughn Johnson, formerly Philly.com, no longer Philly.com. But you are watching and listening to episode 141 of The Straight Shooters live on YouTube and on demand in a whole bunch of different places. What places? Well, off the top, we got iTunes, we got Stitcher, we got Google Play, we got TuneIn Radio, we got iHeartRadio, we got Player FM, and of course, we got The Mothership wildfireradio.com. Of course, I'm joined by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone, the Philly voice, the Philly influencer. Nick? What's up? Other people, how you doing? In episode 141 of the show. And I was, I was doing great. And then yeah. moments ago, I turn on the Sixers before we're set to go live. I have it right to my right on mute. And I see Joel Embiid on the floor grabbing his head. No good. Saw the replay. Markel Fultz, which was a great story couple like uh last game when he made his debut and uh you know he performed well he hit him in the face he uh, by accident he hit our joella beat in the face it looks like uh it doesn't look good because he was grabbing his head he had that the little googly eyes going on yeah you know, like when wrestlers used to get there was those chair shot shots in the head didn't look good so uh uh my prayers or for Joel, Joel Embiid's head right now. Yeah, because the Sixers have been rolling lately, and um, <clears throat> he's been playing all these games. So we'll see. Well, you know, we're not, we're not going to speculate, but we'll see how it goes with the Sixers playing the Knicks tonight. But we're here to talk about the Sixers or some NBA basketball. We're here to talk about some pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. The latest and the greatest, as my man Malcolm Cool, Bruce right. Cooperia would say. Uh, <clears throat> also, I forgot one, uh, one platform that we're on, one Spreaker as well. I forgot Spreaker, but. Shout out to Spreaker for hosting the podcast. But uh, we have a lot to talk about tonight, folks. Uh, we got some news items to touch on and another WrestleMania-themed show because we're only, like, what, 12 days away or something like that from WrestleMania? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't, like, it's almost creeping up on us. All right, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Wow. 11 days, if you don't count. Days. 
today, and we really shouldn't count today because we're this is it's eight o'clock p.m. Yeah, the day is over essentially. So yeah, essentially ten days uh, before WrestleMania, it's like it just snuck up on us. Like I said, and uh, March is almost already over. So because of that, uh, we were going to talk about. We already talked about our favorite WrestleMania builds and stuff like that, but we're going to talk about our favorite individual performers on the greatest stage of them all at WrestleMania. So who's had some of our best, some of our favorite matches and memorable moments? And you know, probably know some of the names already, but we're going to go down the list of our favorite WrestleMania performers in depth. Talk about that on episode 141 of the pod. I guess next week's show would be predictions, I guess, right? Would that yeah. be Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... It's already here, folks. WrestleMania and the card as it stands today is pretty damn stacked. On paper, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know the match number. Like, I haven't really looked at it. I just know, you know, and, and technically, John Cena versus The Undertaker isn't even uh, official yet. And you just add that to it, and you're just like, whoa. This yeah. is like a WrestleMania that feels like a WrestleMania. Yeah, this is this is a big show. I know some people are kind of apathetic or they're down. I, I don't really see a reason why. I mean, you compare it to previous years, especially recent exactly. years. Exactly. Uh, you know, I don't know if you, you don't like everything you see on TV, but the card on paper is pretty damn good. But before we get into the WrestleMania stuff and our favorite performers, let us get into some quick news items in the world of wrestling, you know, because we've got some things going on. There's a lot going on. Obviously, it's WrestleMania season. A lot of people doing media. A lot of people... A lot of stuff going on. So let's get to it real quick with, first off, Baby Miz arrived yesterday. Late last night, actually, at approximately, according to WWE, 11.40 p.m., uh, Maurice gave birth to Monroe Sky Mizanin. Uh, Monroe weighed seven pounds, five ounces, and good for Miz. He wasn't even, he didn't have to be at Raw. She, had, she held off just enough for SmackDown. To have that have that little bundle of joy. So congratulations to Miz and Maurice. Absolutely. For having little Monroe Sky Mizanin, seven pounds, five ounces at eleven forty PM Tuesday night. Uh so yeah, there you go. Uh congrats to both of them. Very happy for them. Who else oh. seems like sorry, who else seems like they're like the heel on TV and people love booing him in character, but then like they love him. Like on social media, even even stemming from that promo with Daniel Bryan, like people were lauding him on social media for such a great promo. But they just love, like he's he's one person that people love to hate, but they love it because he's so genuine. I guess, like he's good it, at it. He, he he's he's very unique. I don't I don't know many people in the industry like like him right now. He's, he's, good. he's easy to root for and. and in, in ways, way. in ways, he's easy to root for because he is a family man. He has a wife. Yeah. He's a wife. He loves his wife. He's got a daughter now. Uh, he's lived out his dream of being a pro wrestler. He could be hateable too because he's kind of you know he comes off as kind of pompous with the suits and the hair yeah. and the shades and all that. Maybe in reality, he's just a real natural, like humble guy. I think that's what he is in real life. Mm-hmm. But you know, whatever. He plays he plays the character very well. Yeah. Uh, so oh, good for Miz and Maurice. I like him. Uh, we got a, an injury update. From Miss Charlotte Flair, who missed SmackDown and the Mixed Match Challenge last night. I did not watch the Mixed Match Challenge, so I have no idea. I did. So you do, do you know what happened with Becky Lynch and Robert Robert, uh, Robert Rude, Bobby Rude, not Robert Rude. <laughs> that was his. That was one. That was a little time in TNA when he was a uh, Bo- yeah. Robert Team Canada, right, or something like that. 
Oh, when he first became like the the billionaire character, when he first met uh, Vito, and he started wearing uh, Terry Taylor's robe, he was Robert Roode. Then he went back to Bobby Roode. But regardless, um, yeah, what happened uh, in the mix match challenge? They, I believe they won't. No, who do they play? Who do they? I watched it. I don't even remember who they, they fought. Becky Lynch in her place. Yeah, Sasha, right? And Sasha, Sasha and Finn Balor. Yeah, Finn, Sasha and Finn Balor. I think, I think they won. <laughs> now we gotta look I, it up. God, I, I watched it. This is terrible because I think <laughs> yeah, the final the finals right would be Miz and Oscar versus Bobby Roode and Flair, and it would make sense. But then, why? I don't know if you would give that away. Yeah, Becky Lynch WrestleMania. And, yeah, Becky Lynch and Bobby Roode won. They did. Okay, so will Becky Lynch be in there next week? Who knows? Well, according to you know multiple outlets, Charlotte Flair's. Uh, injury wasn't really major. She just had some, right. some minor dental surgery, which you know, she had a mouth infection, apparently. So because of that surgery, she couldn't compete last night. So it doesn't seem like it's a long-term thing. I'd imagine that if she, you know, if it's a minor thing, she'd be able to go uh, pretty soon. I mean, she's definitely going to defend her yeah. title at WrestleMania, but right. Mixed Match Challenge, I mean, this was one of the finals next week? Yeah. Oh, I, well, I mean, that's we'll what see. they said last night. And that, this is something that, even though I watched, I haven't really kept up with. So I didn't even I don't even know like who versus who and then the semifinals and then the finals. I just heard him say it uh, well, last night. We're down to the finals now. I mean, I can check WWE.com to see when the finals are. But uh, I mean, I don't know if they even put it up on the website. I would imagine next <laughs> week. That'd be funny if there's like no trace of it. <laughs> Oops. Now we got an action news notification. Sixers center Joel Embiid hurt by accidental headbutt. <laughs> Thanks, Channel 6. Yeah, right uh, on top of it. Right on top. Yeah, next, uh, next week, I would assume. Don't miss the highly anticipated Max Max Challenge. We'll go head to head. They're advertising yeah, Charlotte yeah, Flair. Fine. They're advertising fine. Charlotte Flair for it in a quasi WrestleMania SmackDown Women's Championship prelude. Oh yeah, that that does that's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flair and uh, Oscar going at it. Then you have the Miz and Bobby Roode kind of. Well, that that might be fun seeing how they interact yeah, with each other. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, good timing that Marisa had that baby when Miz yeah. on SmackDown or doing a mixed match challenge. Good, good, good on her. Uh, not good on her, I guess. It was that, just good timing. Yeah. Good on her. Like she, she had control over it. Yeah, right. And that was week eleven, by the way. So there's been eleven weeks of this thing, and I I, it's, it doesn't really feel like it. I guess it's maybe. been good though. I, yeah. I haven't. I, I've watched bits and pieces of it. I haven't watched every single episode, but it's been good though. I, I've yeah, enjoyed it. It seems a little more lax. In the normal WWE TV, uh, yeah. you know stuff, and uh, yeah, and I I saw it live in um, Philly when they were here for the Rumble, so and that was a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, speaking of Philly and the Rumble, uh, we, we know some of the show, we know all the shows that's going to happen here in Philly for the next year and change, uh, well mainly for the next year, thanks to a lawsuit WWE has filed <laughs> against bootleggers, people trying to bootleg WWE stuff in Louisiana. Ahead of WrestleMania, WWE ain't playing it. They suing these people. Don't be trying to bootleg WWE stuff. But a part of the lawsuit is that WWE revealed their touring schedule for 2017. And don't 2017, 2018 and 2019. Uh, I had my tweet pulled up, and I don't remember where I put it. But I'm going to find it now. Because there are like four shows, I believe, that have... Yeah, this are, is uh, are in Philly. 
So let me let me pull up the tweet here. My tweet. I had it pulled up so I could be professional and prepared, but I guess I'm not that I professional. Got it. I got you. I, wait, wait, I got I got it. I got it. Because it wasn't that long ago. I got to get past all my random NBA peeps that I've been retweeting all the time. Okay, here we go. So obviously you can see every go to fightful.com. They have the entire list. Shout out to Sean Rossat, friend of the show, and the people, good folks over at fightful.com. They got the entire list there uh, of dates that were in this lawsuit WWE filed against these people. But uh, since we are both Philly guys, and uh, if you, like I said, if you're from California, listen to the show first, thank you. But you can go check out Fightful.com to see when they're coming to your neck of the woods. But for Phillies in particular, uh, we got Friday, July 6th, which is a live event, I would assume. Uh, We haven't had a live event in a couple years. It's either Raw or SmackDown or pay-per-view. Around the same uh, time, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was around July. Yeah, last time. Yeah. Yeah. That was like 2015. Yeah. I want to say. Right uh, before we started the podcast, I believe. That is true. That is very true. A month, about a month before. Before Battleground 2015, I remember that. Um, the next time they'll be back after July 6th will be Monday, October 15th. And that will be for Raw, obviously. And after that, they'll come back Monday, March 4th, 2019. So that would be leading up to WrestleMania. Because obviously, we're not getting WrestleMania next year. That's going to be East Rutherford. Um, so, yeah. Those are the next times, the next three times WWE is going to be in Philly, uh, 2018 into 2019. And I, I assume we'll have more information coming after that. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about that? July 6th, October 15th, and March 4th. It's pretty cool. I, li- I like the Summer House show. You know, it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, we went the last time, and it was kind of chill. Some cool stuff going on. They don't really... You know, they just have fun, and you can tell they have fun, and it makes it enjoyable for us. Monday, October 15th, that's a week after my birthday, so they better have something good planned, because I, <laughs> I want a good show, damn it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, March 4th, that'll be cool. The, we'll, we'll be right in the bill to WrestleMania by then, at that yeah, point. We always seem to get uh, a show around that point, Yeah, leading up to WrestleMania. They always like coming here. You haven't got, we, we didn't get it this year, I guess because we got the Rumble. But, yeah, true. So we kicked off the road to WrestleMania, technically. Uh, but you, yeah, the last year, yeah, we, we would have either been show. like this past week. Well, they were in Pittsburgh, right? So yeah, we would have been either that show or the show coming up like the week before WrestleMania. That's that's what it seemed to be. Either a week or two before uh, we got it. The last like couple years, maybe yeah, a couple weeks out or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, keep mark your calendars, folks. If you're in the Philly area, like I said, if you're anywhere else in the country, uh, go to fightful.com. And see the whole schedule and see when they're coming to your they neck of the woods. got you covered. Straight up. Shout out to, you know, Fightful.com. Yeah. Uh, we're going to know Daniel Bryan's match officially for WrestleMania. And he will be in a tag team match. Teaming up with the apparently, not healthy, but will be healthy by WrestleMania, Shane McMahon. Going up against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, I think that this is, I think it's great. I think it makes perfect sense, obviously. It's great to see Daniel Bryan back. The promo we cut on SmackDown was incredible. People were jumping yeah. out of their seats for it. I mean, it wasn't even like some super crazy promo. It was just simple. It really wasn't. Really yeah. yeah. When people are with you, they're with you. It doesn't matter what you say. Exactly. Well, but, if you have them in the palm of your hand, you could say whatever you want. Yeah. Or just even sometimes it's your mannerisms or facial expressions. But, you know, he he had the, like a great response pretty much that you would expect. But, it still just was awesome to see that in the crowd. If I was there in person, I probably would have been. I probably would have ran over the guardrail and like oh, speared somebody. 
he would have got arrested, thrown in jail, and I would have been hosting the show by myself this week. Hey, man, I'm just looking out for your special, your best interests. No, you're not. I need a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I need you, man. So, all right, uh, I won't do that. I won't do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do that. But, yeah, like the the Rock had, you know, all you have to do is put up an eyebrow and people go crazy. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, think about how crazy that is. Like, think about yeah. how hard it is for people to get over in 2018, and how much people go through. And all the Rock did was put up his eyebrow. And people would oh, lose man. their minds over that. Like how just that one little thing, Hogan would just cup his ear. That's all he would do. Yeah. He would go crazy. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, look forward to that match, though. It makes perfect sense. Uh, and Shane McMahon, who's apparently battling diverticulitis, yeah. is rough. Yeah. Took down Brock Lesnar, yeah. so you know it's rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll apparently be ready to go by WrestleMania. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll see about that. And uh, lastly, lastly but not least, uh, I didn't know that this was a thing on social media, but apparently fans are kind of not some fans, at least not all fans, but some fans are not too keen about the story that they're telling with Alexa Bliss and Oscar and, and Nia Jax, I should say, not Oscar. Hmm. Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax, and that is sort of like a, a body shaming angle, which I didn't know was like a there was like a controversy about, but I can understand why people are upset about it. But apparently, uh, it's been to the point that she's been asked about it in the media and according to uh she told the mirror that she doesn't mind this angle and i tend to agree with her but she doesn't mind it and that she's quote thinks i think it's amazing i think it's something that people know but they don't want to talk about they always keep it want to keep it hidden i feel like we're tackling it head on and it should be in parentheses talked about Young women and younger and young girls and boys should actually be hearing this and seeing this conflict, the conflict that we go through and seeing somebody stand up for themselves and not have to allow somebody to bully them because of the way they look, what their shape is or the color of their skin is. You should always stand up for yourself. So I think it's amazing. I'm very honored to be a part of it. And I, I can't help but agree with Nia Jax. I didn't think there would be a controversy about it. What, what about you? Here's the thing, and this is the first. Well, like I've I've kind of seen social media throughout, um, you know, this kind of be weary about it. But I'm 100 percent on board with you and her, simply because the some of the best storylines in wrestling are routed in realism, and this happens to a lot of people, and if they can see it play out like on TV, even though knowing it's a show and knowing it's entertainment, like TV shows are the same way. They, they take realism and make it into a story for that show, whether it be one episode or if it's like a series of episodes. So what makes this any different, I think than somebody's favorite TV show that's doing the same exact thing. And really, honestly, I think people shouldn't question it now unless they just have to wait because if Naya does get her comeuppance and, or I should say Alexa, get her comeuppance, Naya, you know, comes out the victor has this like triumphant moment. Like that's what the story should end like. And if it doesn't end like that, then I can see like, what was, what the hell was the point of this? But we're not there yet. Like it's, (laughs) we're not going to be there until WrestleMania. So At the earliest. Yes. And um, I, I think, they, te- I think they teased it, right? They, they might've teased it before, but this is like the first time they're going all the way through with it. 
And, uh, you know, I, I think Nia is absolutely right. She's in on it. She probably gives some, some, not advice, but offers her, like, they pick her brain about it because she's been through it. I'm sure she's not the only one, but, you know, they're probably like, what, what can we, how can we make this as real as we can without, you know, stepping over the line or whatever. And yeah. I think they've been doing a good job. It, it's really a good story to tell and a triumphant one. Hopefully. Yeah. See, and WWE has tried to touch this before with like Mickey James calling her fat, but they did it in yeah. such a terrible way where it was, it was yeah. offensive when they did like the piggy noises and calling him Piggy James and stuff like that. That was just stupid. The mm-hmm. lit- at the very least, this is taken a little more seriously and not like as a complete and utter joke. Uh, also, I think there are things that, that wrestling shouldn't really touch on, like race and racism or racial type of storylines. Uh, you know, you, you can, there are things that, yeah, it might be depicted in other things, but if you're in wrestling where you do blur the lines between a reality and fantasy a lot, uh, I don't think race is one of those things because those are deep and. Yeah. Very hurtful wounds for a lot of people, and including myself. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't want to. I've never been really personally the subject of racism, at least outwardly. But I'm sure it might have happened at some point in my life. I don't know. But uh, for some people, they've gone through a lot. So I, to me, racism is something that I just don't mess with because it's right. a real deep-rooted personal thing. And the same could be said for body shaming. I've never been. I'm not personally privy to that. I haven't been personally affected by that, or at least body shamed. But I know there are people that have, and that maybe that really does affect them deeply. But I think that it's not like race, at least. I don't know. Maybe maybe I could be wrong, you know. But um, I think that's something you could touch on. And like you said, it's Nia Jax, at the end of the day, comes out on top, and she shows that you do stand up for yourself, and you don't let people bully you and oppress you in, in that sort of way. Then yeah, it's it tells a good story, and that's what that's what this is about. Like to me, that's what made the Booker T Triple H thing at WrestleMania 19 so terrible. Is that okay? They did touch on some racial stuff, which I didn't like. But if you're gonna do it, have Booker T win in the end and overcome the uh, you know the bully or the oppressor. That's what happened. That's what's supposed to be done. You know, like exactly good overcomes these types of things at the end. If you're gonna if you're gonna take these routes. The good person, the good guy or good gal has to win in the end. I don't know if this happens at WrestleMania for Nia Jax. I, I think it's obvious. It's, I think it's almost too obvious that she would win. Mm. And, and I don't know if they're going to have Oscar and Charlotte win on the same show. Not Charlotte, Oscar and Nia Jax. Yeah. If it was me, I would do it. Why not? That's where that's where triumphant moments happen. You know, triumphant moments, they can happen at Backlash, but they're always better if they happen at WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. they can happen elsewhere, but they can have, you know, but to me, WrestleMania is this place where happy endings happen. I mean, like I said, it happened with Bailey last year. She won the title before WrestleMania and all this and that. Right. But if you want to make this match, you 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 wait it till this point. You might as well just do it at WrestleMania. So, yeah. uh, but I agree with you. I think that uh, you know the story that they can tell is that yeah, this stuff happens, but you can overcome it. And if Nia Jax overcomes it, then you're sending a positive message because that's what you know the good guy won at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and let- didn't do that with the Triple H Booker T thing when Booker T just lost and that was it. And it's like. That wasn't, you know, right. just yeah. That was, it was and let's not act like and not us. I'm speaking in generalities with people that are questioning the whole storyline. Let's not act like kids are privy to this sort of thing. Like they know they they're not. It, we're not trying to shelter them from all that is evil in the world. It's 
you know, in, in middle school and even elementary school, they read literature that is that that has to do with race, that has to do with uh, looks, appearance, and they read the literature. Generally, there there's a meaning behind it. I mean, there's a lesson to be learned at right. all times. Right. So that's what I think. That's the story here. People tend to forget that you know WWE controls everything so they can choose whether or not to you know go in this direction or that direction but sometimes you need a story like this that is pretty much clearly simple and whether it's i think people might be annoyed because it's happening to the women during the women's revolution and we, we won't see a, a man's uh you know angle like this like you know, sure. I don't know if that's it. Um, no, that, that's a that's a valid point. I, I'd have yeah. said that, that that they don't do this with the men. They don't call men fat or mm. nothing like and that. And if they, they do, do, it's kind of brushed off. Yeah, you know, people, so, yeah, people yeah, didn't I, call I, her MAGA fat. They didn't never call the Big Show fat. And right. if they did, it was they're just badasses. Whatever, and that's, yeah, you know, their yeah. weight the weight is to their advantage. Right. Whereas women, I guess they see them as more sensitive. Which yeah, I that's a valid point. You know, if that's your point, I I can I can I can stand with that. I can rock with that. I can under- completely understand that. Mm-hmm. Uh, more about equality than the story. To me, the story itself can, should it could be told no matter what gender you are. But in yeah. WWE, in the specific case of WWE, they don't tell the story with men too often. They usually tell it with women, mm. and that's where okay, I can see what people are upset about, upset at that. So yeah, WWE, if that's answer to that, and don't and stop doing it with just women. Do it with more. You know, do it with men. That's only two genders. <laughs> more genders. Do it with men too, or don't do it at all, and just let Nia Jax be a badass. Which, at the, at the end of the at the end of the story, when she vanquishes Alexa Bliss on the title, from then on, then she will, might be the badass, or WWE mm-hmm. might try to make her a role model and be like, oh, you don't have to be body shamed. Which I can understand. That's a good positive message you can send, but I think people would also be on board with her being a badass. Just whooping uh, people's yeah, ass, and not to be like a role model to like be a star and stuff like that. Like, which is nice. I get, you know, I want to help, the, but the kids like badasses too. Kids like Goldberg. <laughs> kids like Steve Austin. It's all right. <laughs> you can idolize yeah. badasses. So, you know how many kids love Arnold Schwarzenegger growing up? They love Terminator. He shot people in the face. <laughs> you know, uh, and he wasn't even upset about it. No, he was like yeah. <laughs> Shoot him! Kill him! <laughs> That's probably not good for kids, though. <laughs> but it's still, uh, I mean, I don't know. But uh, neither here nor there. Uh, all this stuff. But that's the news. We spent nearly half the show talking about the news. But there's a lot of interesting news to talk about in the world yeah. of pro wrestling right now, especially because we are only 10, 11 days away from WrestleMania. Speaking of WrestleMania, look at that segue. Woo! Yeah. Ooh, the boys on we fire missed tonight. you, man. That week, that week off was too long, man. No segues on that no. show. I mean, I, th- I actually had a pretty good one, but uh, uh, just one. Just one. <laughs> yeah. Damn shame. <laughs> but thanks for um to everybody you know filling in on the show last week. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, awesome. I forgot about that almost. I wasn't on the show last week because I was handling at a business trip. I was out of town. How was that, by the way? It was it was a good time. A lot of fun. Thank you. We had a nice, really nice house we were staying in for oh, this retreat. Nice. It's really nice, man. We had a game room and stuff like that. I enjoyed myself. So, yeah. 
nice bonding experience. We had some training sessions about, you know, workplace conduct and stuff like that and building relationships within the workplace. And we bonded, definitely bonded. So awesome. It's a good time. That's what it's all about. Right, right. But now, speaking of WrestleMania, we're going to talk about our favorite individual performers at WrestleMania. Now, there's some, some of these names might be obvious. Some of these names may not be. Uh, Nick, I'll let you start it off. But mm. obviously, WrestleMania is, you know, the biggest wrestling event in the world. Biggest wrestling event of all time. So, you do something there at that event in front of the biggest audience you're going to have all year. It's going to be magnified times X amount. I mean, you can put any number on it and you're not wrong. Uh, WrestleMania is the place where big matches are remembered and big moments are remembered forever. I mean, that's just how it is. WrestleMania, Super Bowl of wrestling. I've been to both, fortunately. But, um, so yeah, Nick started off with some of your, you know, people who've come through almost in the clutch in the big, biggest of the big moments, biggest moment you could possibly have in wrestling. Who are the, the most memorable performers you can think of in WrestleMania history? Man, this is a great topic, and I loved when when you mentioned this. So, you know, I was thinking, and there's been 33 WrestleManias, yep. and really, my first one has only maybe had an impact in a handful of them, but it was the impact he had that I still remember to this day, like every single moment he had, and that's my favorite wrestler ever, Randy Savage who was one of the best. He had a technical masterpiece, one of the best storylines, uh, won the world championship uh, twice, actually, at WrestleMania, and he beat Ted DiBiase and Ric Flair to do it. Uh, the reunion with Liz, an amazing match with the Ultimate Warrior, ha- ha- got the best match of the Ultimate Warrior's career out of it. Randy Savage was just so instrumental in me loving wrestling without even realizing he was a reason that I loved wrestling back when I was growing up. And I like on this podcast, we've been doing the show for almost three years now. And it's because of this show and us talking about our memories that I've realized Randy Savage was my favorite wrestler based on, you know, my feelings and thoughts of how I grew up watching it. And just like WrestleMania four, that, that tournament, he, he was awesome. Uh, WrestleMania 3 against Ricky Steamboat. That was the best match of the night. WrestleMania uh, 6 was the mixed tag, which kind of, you know, the hiccup, meh, maybe. Seven-minute match uh, with him and Queen Sherry against Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire. But then you got WrestleMania 7. And you got WrestleMania 8. He, he didn't even wear a toga at WrestleMania 9. Kudos to him. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania, WrestleMania 10, he... It was a good match with Crush. I thought that, it was I thought that match was okay. I didn't yeah. hate that match. Yeah, and it was there, and it was it had a, a pretty logical ending. He, it sucked that it, that was his last WrestleMania match. Though. It does. <laughs> like, it does. It does. And like I said, only a handful Crush. of moments, but they were some of the biggest moments in WrestleMania yeah. history. And Randy Savage just he he was awesome, man. One of the best, uh, in, in my opinion, one of the best performers in WrestleMania history. You mentioned it that. When we was doing our, um, I don't know if it was our um, WrestleMania Rewind series or Recap Recall series from yeah, um, yeah. a year ago, like two years ago, and we were just going through 
the years earlier as WrestleMania and looking at the matches that Macho Man had, and it's like, whoa, like all of a sudden we realized like Macho Man had a run of like four or five years where he had classics, like like I said, three like a steamboat classic. WrestleMania four, the whole night was his night. Like Yeah. I remember writing this in my WrestleMania uh series from years ago at Philly.com. And you know, he had four different outfits, four different matches, four different robes. And he won, and it was just—it was, was his like, I don't know if it was his finest hour, but it was one of them. You know, it was, one yeah. of, it was like his night, and obviously he won the title that night. He got WrestleMania five. You forgot about WrestleMania five, where he was uh, in the main yeah. event. Yeah, and it was the culmination of the hottest angle, probably WWF. Well, not really the hottest one they had done because obviously Hogan and Andre was pretty well, dark one of too. one of yeah, absolutely up there, like one of the best angles to this day, one of the best storylines I think WWE has ever done. Uh, and that's still, the the mega powers exploding at mm. WrestleMania five, and that was a whole year long thing. Then he had WrestleMania six with the mixed tag, which wasn't a great match, but it, you know it had it had Dusty Rhodes, it had Sensational Sherry, it had Sweet Sapphire, and he got <laughs> you know he got Elizabeth coming out, and yeah. know, that was a that was a, a a marquee match in that card. And you said WrestleMania seven, the Ultimate Warrior, and the retirement, and the reunion, and people were crying in the front row that. Yeah, and dude. People bawling their eyes out. I and tear up watching it now. It's even sadder <laughs> now because everyone involved in the match has passed on, which is yes. just crazy to think about in hindsight. But they got WrestleMania 8 with she was mine before she was yours. And <laughs> Macho Man losing his mind anytime Ric Flair mentioned yeah. uh, Miss Elizabeth. Yep. You know, it, it just, just so I said three, four, five, six, seven, six. eight. That's six in a row that yeah. I can count like. Oh, that was a marquee match. That was a big match. That was a memorable match. That was a great match. That was a match with some star power. That was a memorable moment. Yeah, Macho Man. I mean, other than who the next, the guy I'm going to mention next, I, I don't know if you could. I mean, you could obviously argue it, but he had a stretch that I think people don't look at enough because they usually mention other names when it comes to top stars at WrestleMania. But he's not the top of the list. I'm glad you mentioned him first because he deserves top billing as far as a guy in those early early years that had some phenomenal outings at WrestleMania. But you can't talk about top stars at WrestleMania, top performers at WrestleMania history without talking about Mr. WrestleMania, and that's Shawn Michaels. And that's an mm-hmm. obvious choice. That's an obvious answer. But it's, it's the reason why it's obvious, because he's had some classics. WrestleMania 10, the ladder match, Razor mm-hmm. Ramon. Everybody talks about how, well, not everybody, but at least I think Ric Flair said he had a match with a ladder. <laughs> like yeah. it's crazy to think about, uh, crazy thing to say, but that put him on the map as far as a, as a single. Uh, he had the the match with Diesel at WrestleMania 11 is probably yeah. the only good match in that show. The Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12 was his coming, you know, his, that so was his fun. crowning moment. Yeah, uh, and it was a good, very good match. 60 minutes, tough to do, but they did it. Uh, he was hurt at WrestleMania 13, so 14. It wasn't his best. I don't think 14. Obviously, wasn't his best because he was really hurt, and it could have had a much better match, but they didn't. But he dropped the belt. Yeah, and it was still a really good match. And it was a big figure. match. Yeah, it was a big match too. That was a big match with WWF at that time with Mike Tyson and stuff like that. Uh, then he was wasn't at WrestleMania for a couple years. So if he had never wrestled again after fourteen, he's, his legacy was was cemented, especially at WrestleMania at ten, get eleven, get twelve, and you had the main event at fourteen. So. I mean, and of course, yeah, WrestleMania's before that. Yeah, WrestleMania 8 with uh, Teal Santana. <laughs> uh, the forgotten but, classic. Oh, yeah, for, definitely <laughs> forgotten. Uh, but 
he could have never wrestled again, and his, he still would have had a a, a moniker. Now I don't know if he would have Mr. WrestleMania, but he would have had like yo, Shawn Michaels was, was was lit back in the day at WrestleMania. But then he comes back and has an even better run at WrestleMania than the first, in my opinion at least. Because nineteen with Chris Jericho, classic. Twenty mm-hmm. with the triple threat match with Benoit and Triple H, classic. Twenty one with Kurt Angle, better than the previous two matches I just mentioned, and those were both classics. Like that match of Kurt Angle. At WrestleMania 21, phenomenal match. Unbelievably good. Yep. My favorite of that night. Yeah, it was easily the best of that night. WrestleMania 22 of Vince McMahon, probably Vince McMahon's best match of his career with Shawn Michaels that night. Forgotten great match. I don't know if it's a classic, but it's a forgotten fantastic match. 23 with John Cena, another hell of a good match. People always talk about the 60-minute the match they had on Raw. Their WrestleMania yeah. match is damn good, too. And then you go to 24 with Ric Flair. Then you go you know, this emotional, you know, great, you know, draining match that Flair's supposedly last match, quote unquote. But it was just amazing, amazing stuff, amazing storytelling. And then you get my personal favorite, my favorite WrestleMania match of all time, and Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25, which they had classic matches 15 years prior. It did. That Hell in a Cell match is still one of my favorite Hell in a Cell match. But WrestleMania 25, man, that was unbelievable what they did that night. And they came close to topping in the WrestleMania 26. Like, so I just ran off 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. He had eight straight years of border, either classics or borderline classes. I would say at least great for eight straight years. What a hell of a run. And he didn't win all these matches, by the way. He lost his last two. Mm-hmm. Just had hell of a matches, man. His legacy was cemented by that point, but still, just, yeah. just unbelievable, unbelievable run when you think about it. Consistency over that long haul with varied opponents too. Uh, you know, Jericho, McMahon, Cena, Taker, uh, El Matador, Angle, El Matador. Uh, the uh, who was Big Boss Man and the um. Um, Akeem and the African Dream. They were uh, Colossal Quinta- Connection, I Twin think. Towers. Twin Towers. Not Colossal Connection. That was uh, Andre, Andre and Hakaha, uh, too. But yeah, all yeah. that stuff. That, man. And that he definitely earned the moniker Mr. WrestleMania. Whether, you know, people want to talk about The Undertaker with his undefeated streak, there's some shit ass matches in that streak. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> so I, I don't think Shawn Michaels had a bad WrestleMania match ever. So. He definitely earned. I mean, those early wrestle, ones might have been those those rockers ones. I mean, I mean, they were just, they got they were, kind of squashed by the Twin Towers at yeah, WrestleMania but, Five. I think that was. Yeah. I think it was WrestleMania and Five Seven. I think they beat uh, whoever they face. Orient Express, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Orient Express. Power and Glory. No, that was SummerSlam. Power, Power right. and Glory. Uh, uh, WrestleMania Seven. Let's see. Let's yeah, that's, I don't know. WrestleMania 7. That's, Oregon Express sounds about right. Uh, it I was, think they beat the Royal Rumble, too. 92. The Rockers. What? Yeah, the Rockers beat. No, Barbarian and Haku. Mm. Ah. Big match. 10 minutes, 30 seconds. The Heated family. Yeah. Barbarian and Haku. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Shawn Michaels. I mean, he, he his name is Mr. WrestleMania, so that's an obvious choice. But do you have another name you want to throw I out? I do. Uh, uh one of the one of the more recent names 
that we'll probably list uh, in this episode. The man who started his run really at being a top guy at WrestleMania 20, who won the United States Championship and only a year later, yeah, will beat JBL, which we all thought the crowning achievement at WrestleMania 21 was going to be Batista beating Triple H and not really buying John Cena as a bigger star at that point. But look what happened. John Cena has had quite a run at not only the top of the WrestleMania card, but some big matches in WrestleMania, especially the last few years. Um, man, just so he beat uh, Big Show, JBL. They, they were like the beginning of his career. So they were high marks, maybe not great matches by any means, but like you, you pointed out, uh, I think WrestleMania 23 was his match against Shawn Michaels. The prior year at WrestleMania 22, he was in the main event against Triple H. A lot of I people thought, thought pretty good match. Yeah, absolutely. And give credit to Triple H. He probably had a lot to do with that, but this was, they were still trying to kind of find like a way for the, to get their crowd to love John Cena somehow. They just were not having it, but they kept him winning all these years. WrestleMania 25. Uh, Ah, 25 went down. That's when he had the um, triple threat matches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I I think we lost over 24. Wow. Yeah, 24 was, that's Triple H and Orton. Eh. 25 was... Should have been just Cena and Edge, but it wasn't. It was Cena and Edge and Big Show. Eh. Oh, God. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Um, was Cena and Batista. That was all and right. That, yeah. I mean, it was a match. <laughs> uh, 27 was the Miz, right? And yeah. that was a match. But then he got 28. <laughs> but then he got 28 and 29. Back to back with The Rock. Like Big money. You Big know money. It. You know, and there's there's nobody else you could have put in that position at the time to have the Rock come in and face. So Cena was obviously the guy, and they did it two times in a row. The second time was I thought a, a underrated storyline with Cena's redemption, but also winning the title and all the, all this stuff. I, I liked the storyline. It could have been done way better than they told it. Uh, I don't think uh, they did a whole big redemption thing, but the, I don't think there was as much emphasis placed on the title as the actual, like, oh, I have to beat The Rock somehow. Like, it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was for the title the second time around, which I kind of, like, had an issue with at the time. But uh, looking back, it, w- it was still awesome. And WrestleMania 30 was with Bray Wyatt, right? Uh, A lot of yeah. people thought Wyatt should have won. He should have won. Yeah. But that was a fight for John Cena's legacy. But that and then Rusev you know, the next year, like, right, he, he's was, racking up, he's cool, racking up wins. But I didn't mind the Rusev stuff. And he won the U.S. title. I didn't. I. I. I don't know why I, I minded him beating Bray Wyatt more than I did Rusev. I think Rusev had built up so much mm. as a monster over that year that he could have afforded that loss. Like somebody had to beat him. Bray right. Wyatt, though, he was still on the ascent. To me, at least, it yeah. felt like to me that he was still on the ascent. He hadn't quite been cemented, but whatever. That, that, yeah. Then you know, I think they had a rematch at the next pay per view. And in between that, they ha- it was like in a steel cage, maybe. And then Bray yeah. Wyatt had all those kids come out, and then Sheet Mask. I thought that was so awesome, by the way. I know this isn't WrestleMania, but that was awesome. That was an underrated angle, I think. Or storyline, ah. or just like segment. I thought it was ah. all- They had the, 
you got the whole world in our and they were singing it and uh, John Cena is like in the ring and it was awesome. Sorry, I digress. Uh, mm, no. <laughs> you know, uh, like that. Mm, I wasn't feeling it too much. No, I did. I might actually go watch it again later tonight. You go ahead and do that. What, so what was after Bray Wyatt and Rusev, and then he didn't Three, wrestle he at thirty-two. Injured, right? He was hurt. And last year he had the Miz, which the match was forgettable, but the angle, the angle going in was really good. Mm. So I mean, Cena to me, he's on my list, but he's on the low end of my list. I don't have like an yeah. official one through ten or whatever, but he was one of the last names I thought of because he has been in so many big matches, and he has delivered it. And you know. I don't want to say he's delivered, but he, he hasn't had terrible showings in his matches. Some of his matches are obviously better than others. I think, like I said, the Triple H match was really good, the Shawn Michaels match. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's really his fault, though. It's WWE's storytelling a lot of times, man, that just take his matches down a notch. So yeah, and and they and they put him in. And the thing is, they put him in there last couple of years, at least like a Rusev and Bray Wyatt with people that probably should have beaten him, mm-hmm. and he did. He still won, so it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So I don't. He he definitely should be considered though because he's he's been in a lot of big matches and those rock matches with big money. Yeah, and he's done it so, for so long at this right. Point. Can't take those away from him. I'm surprised we've gone this long though without mentioning the Undertaker. I mean, that, that, the guy that, that won't guy, show up? You, do something! That's Cena overacts so much. He does, but it's awesome. I think, good, he, he, I think he wants people to think movies. he overacts. Yeah, I guess. Because he's pretty good in movies. He knows when how to act. Yeah, yeah. He's got a microphone in his hand. He's in a WWE ring. Do something! For Christ's sakes! Maybe they're telling a story that he knows the Undertaker won't, so he's going like over dramatic with it, and then he does come out, and then he shits his pants. Maybe I, I, don't I know. guess. But do something for Christ's sakes! <laughs> come on, man. Uh, I don't know. It's like a bad episode of Star Trek. That's what I think of. I think like <laughs> Captain Kirk back in the sixties, the seventies. Oh, All right, boy. but the Undertaker. I mean, I mean, WrestleMania was his show for two decades. Essentially, it really was the the streak. Was the holy grail of wrestling for two for not only two decades but for the latter decade of that, it was the holy grail of wrestling. I mean, it was bigger than the titles. It was bigger than any other accomplishment you could possibly have. It was the thing. It was so prestigious, so hollow, like so, like such such a you know a mythical thing, almost such a prize thing that. They put it as a game mode in WWE in the WWE video game one year. Beat the streak mode. Like the the streak became a game mode. Like yeah. that's incredible. And they made a lot of money off of that. And it was like a, a tradition unlike any other. It's like the Masters. You, you, uh-huh. you go to watch WrestleMania, you watch the streak. The streak was is, is, was a huge drawing card for WrestleMania. Didn't matter who was facing. And, you know, what the t- stipulations were, what the circumstances were. If Undertaker was on the card and he was undefeated, you got to see that damn match. And that's a testament to Undertaker and his consistency consistency for, you know, for over two decades. Uh, you know, his body is paying for it in multiple ways, but he was there, man, and he was on. And the early part of his career, you mentioned it earlier, the early matches weren't very good. 
I mean, he had El Gigante or John Gonzalez or <laughs> whatever his name was, WWE. Uh, King Kong Jake, Bundy. Jake Roberts was actually a pretty good one. Yeah, it was based right. off the storyline going in, but it wasn't. Yeah. You know, it wasn't even three stars by any means. But that was the. Yeah, that even didn't really have much juice to it. No, no, no. But Snooker and Kane was a hell of a storyline. That was the first. Like, oh, Diesel was the first probably good story, a good match. But the, yeah, and he won a title against Sid at WrestleMania 13. But Kane was the probably the biggest match yeah. to, that he yeah. added to that point at WrestleMania, other than Sid. You, that, that was the main event. But Kane. That made that whole story leading up, that was a huge match for WrestleMania 14. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, another dip with Big Boss Man at 15. But after he came back as the biker, that's when it started picking up. Like, 17 was a hell of a match with Triple H. Yep. WWE likes you to, for you for the, to forget sometimes for whatever reason. <laughs> but the one with Ric Flair was really good. And then it's like, it's just building and building. 19 was all right, it was all right, match. But 20, not 20, 21 was when the streak really became the thing that you fought Undertaker for. And then from there, it was just one classic after another. Ford, Batista, C- uh, not Cena, um, Shawn Michaels, uh, who else? Triple H, again. Triple H twice. I mean, the Hell in a Cell match was incredible. Shawn Michaels twice, right? And then Triple H twice. twice. Yeah, and then... um. Yeah, Batista is a 24. Who do you face at 24? Edge. Yeah, Edge at 24. That was a classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, the CM Punk match was hella good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he, he didn't have, he hasn't had great showings the last couple of years. Uh, the Bray Wyatt match, nobody really cared about. You know, whatever. Yeah, was, which, you think, do you think that has a lot to do with the streak? Like, if, maybe if it was. Still, the streak was alive. Yeah, People streak, would have cared more about the it. The streak was the drawing, the driving force behind exactly. those matches. A lot of those matches, I'm not saying they wouldn't have mattered, but they mattered because they mattered more because of the streak. If you put the streak out on a line against Cena, whoo, you got some heat, boy. Every near fall, people are going to be hanging on their on the edge of their seats because it's Cena and it's a streak on the line. Excuse me. Um, See, what, what if you just like flipped? Uh, WrestleMania 30, just Cena and Undertaker, and they did Lesnar and Wyatt. Like, it w- would have been fine. I don't know if they're going to do Lesnar and Wyatt because they're both heels at that point, but Cena and Undertaker would have worked. Oh, uh, true. True. Cena and Undertaker would have worked. That would have been money with the streak on the line. I'm actually, in hindsight, surprised they never did that. I guess, yeah. they, I know I know people were clamoring, at least at one point, were clamoring for Brock versus Taker. But at WrestleMania 30, though, I don't know if people were, were really clamoring for it. No, nah, I wasn't. I was clamoring for it afterwards when they had that run in 2015. <laughs> like, yeah, I thought that, they that had was, some great matches then, but yeah, the hell of a, know, matches a, year, a year prior, I was like, nah, I don't want to see this. <laughs> right. They did Cena versus Taker in 2014. Whew. That would have been the only thing that could have, you know, rivaled Daniel Bryan's push at that time as far as heat. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. That would be the only thing. Uh, but yeah, Undertaker, I mean, is, is his, his streak at WrestleMania is unmatched. You thing about the streak is that you can't duplicate it. You can't do it again. It won't work. You just can't. It has started organically, and it's, it's, it's weird to say, in a predetermined uh, mm-hmm. form of art and sports entertainment, that something happened organically, but it really did, because they didn't intend for him to be 10-0 and 0 at, at WrestleMania. It was like, oh, by the way, we booked him to win every single year. <laughs> He's been at WrestleMania, so let's make something of it. <laughs> and they did. And, all, and suddenly... 
it became the holy grail of wrestling that people would talk about. Who 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 would you have in the street? Should it be CM Punk? Should it be Wade Barrett? Should it be Sheamus? Should it be Brock Lesnar? They're throwing out these names, and it's like, you know, whoever does get it, they got a benefit from it, have to be a young guy, and it'd be, you know, this, that, the third, or whatever. Some people thought the streak should never end. And, you know, just, just let it be, and let it be this holy grail of wrestling, which it was until it, it ended. But, mm. <laughs> which was, I, I know people, they probably shouldn't have ended it. I know people are still angry about the fact that, about the fact that it ended the streak. But, I will say this, being in the building, but when it did end in New Orleans, in the Superdome with WrestleMania is this year, that was one uh, sight, one happening that I, that I was glad I was there to see it. Like, mm. incre- unbelievable crowd reaction. You thought it was crazy on TV. Imagine being in a building <laughs> where you heard 70,000 people just go dead silent for like minutes straight. Mm. 75,000 people in the stadium and they all went <gasps> and it was like it was just an incredible scene like I've never seen anything like it where you took this like the air got sucked out of the building in a matter of seconds and I mean I don't know maybe it's just I don't know I think maybe that was the better reaction for a streak like that ending than putting Cena in there when people just kind of think it's really going to happen they probably yeah. would not have had that reaction they would the no, heat definitely. would have been nuclear but like it Silence, complete silence when you don't think it's going to happen. Like that might have been the better reaction or the reaction they wanted. Maybe through time, that'll that's the best reaction they could have had for something like that legitimately ending. You bring up a hell of a point. I mean, because that was the best reaction you could have gotten. That shock and all. Mm. And people were like in tears, like, what just happened? Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> People couldn't believe it. Like people, even though Daniel Bryan had won at WrestleMania and it was a triumphant moment and it was great, but people were still walking out of the Superdome like, "Yo, Daniel Bryan! Oh, damn! I just lost, though, bro! Wow, I can't believe it!" Like they were still bummed about that. Like, Mm. and they were in New Orleans. You can't be unhappy in New Orleans. This is New Orleans. You gotta go to get to go to the French Quarter afterwards and drink your face off. But they were still like, "Man, this is wow!" Like pour one out for the Undertaker. Yeah, for one half of the streak. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was it was a mixture of emotions. Nothing in wrestling really makes me drop my jaw. Like I, I just have a reaction that's like, huh, interesting, or like, well, that was stupid. That <laughs> le- that legitimately that like I was watching with friends and I was like, there's no way Undertaker loses here, and even at the third F five, I was like, he's gonna kick out, but like the way he pinned him. You know, I'm like, wow, the Undertaker can't kick out of this. And then the mad hit the canvas for the three count, and my jaw literally dropped. And I looked at my friends, and I was like, I know nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was such a, like, for someone like me who, you know, I, I, don't, I just don't have that reaction, you know. And to, to give me that reaction, like, it was completely, completely out of nowhere. Yeah, that was... Uh... Unbelievable sight, unbelievable scene. And he might not be done yet. Yeah, he might be twenty three <laughs> and three before it's like three <laughs> match losing streak at WrestleMania. Can you imagine that? Um, no, he won. He beat Wyatt. Yeah, and Shane. I said two match. He lose uh, the Reigns last year. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, you had another name you want to throw out here? Yeah, man. We've mentioned him a couple times. Uh, Triple H. Triple H, man. You got, Give the man, you got some big give the man credit. Give the man credit. You know he he 
he has a reputation for a reason. I understand that, but he tells a great story in the ring. And his two biggest matches, I think, at WrestleMania that he's been a part of, minus the two against The Undertaker, because I think those are on maybe even a higher level. But the ones that stick with me the most are the triple threat with Chris Benoit, just based on the story that was going in. Like, Benoit can't win the big one. I understand everything that happened after that. So I understand, like, that's not a good, you know, first to have uh, memory, at least of Triple H. But um, the way that it was made into a triple threat, and everyone's like, oh, he just doesn't want to lose to Benoit. Like, he tapped out to him. And it, I, he, he was great in that in that moment. And even in the, the next pay-per-view, a couple pay-per-views, uh, he lost to him. So the next year, I think, was his his best part, where he the whole evolution crumbling, Batista turning on him, and him coming back for vengeance, like actually at vengeance, and then they did have like a Hell in a Cell match. That WrestleMania match was very underrated, I think, and it was Batista's crowning moment, and Triple H had a lot to do with that, and he he bled, you know, like <laughs> he always did back then. Uh, I think that was at a point where he wore those white boots, and like the he he just changed up his look a little bit, and. He just looked like an old school wrestler to me, and he 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 just performed like an old school wrestler. He was a great heel. People hated him for whatever politics he had, but like he legitimately had a great in ring game. No no pun intended. And just the fact that he made Batista a star. I don't think Batista would have been as big as he was without Triple H to go against him. A lot of people say Hulk Hogan wouldn't have been as big without. A Roddy Piper. I, I'm not going to go that far because Batista left after a few years anyway. But, you know, it, it was one of those things. It, it is one of those things where uh, I think Triple H is absolutely underappreciated for his performances at an event like WrestleMania. And I said those two Undertaker matches are at the top for me because, uh, <laughs> you know, the third one, don't forget uh, the first one. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love a match. It was, but I, obviously, the, I think the last two are on a different scope. Uh, just like really, other than any match Triple H has had, uh, WrestleMania 19 was a complete failure on all. We like you mentioned it before in this podcast. Just that was the dumbest thing, the dumbest story to end that way. Um, it, I try not to hold that against him in, in terms of performance you know what i mean like that's more of a creative decision that made no sense and it was stupid and he should have been the one to be like no i'm losing tonight and not allow somebody else or not be the one to say i'm gonna beat booker t but that's uh, maybe a discussion for another podcast but uh you know like like those matches man he Got his cherry popped at WrestleMania 12 by losing to the Ultimate Warrior. Who, who did you knows? really say got cherry popped? <laughs> <laughs> I did. At, uh, Warrior no sold his pedigree and then pinned him. At, you know, and then the next year he faced Gold Dust and it was like, eh, whatever. Should have lost the Intercontinental Title. He didn't. But then in uh, the next year was WrestleMania 14, and he was he beat. Owen Hart 
Yeah, Owen Hart, WrestleMania 14. For the European Championship. And then WrestleMania 15 was in Philly. He turned, uh, or China turned, because she she had turned on DX, but then she turned back because she turned against Kane. That was terrible. And then, so her and Triple H were back together, but then both of them turned on DX Uh, to join the corporation. So, like, Kane was out of the corporation. So Uh, that was a whole mess. But hey, Triple H was involved. Whatever. <laughs> WrestleMania. That was WrestleMania 15. So WrestleMania 16, he was in the main event. Shouldn't have won this As champion. Match. Right? As champion. He walked in there and retained. Shouldn't have uh, won that match. Yeah. No, I agree with you. But Should have walked in. Should have been Rock versus him, one-on-one, and Rock should have beat him straight up. I just yeah. that. You're not going to get an argument from me on that. <laughs> and uh, WrestleMania 17, he had that match with The Undertaker. WrestleMania 18 uh, came back from his quad injury, beat Chris Jericho in the main event uh, as a face, and then you know he was healed, you know, a few months later. But whatever. WrestleMania uh, 19, we mentioned WrestleMania 20 and 21, I think are so, just some great lost matches from like his career that probably because he lost them. But I thought he did a great job in both of those matches. WrestleMania 22 lost against John Cena when everyone thought he was going to win. It was like, all right, the John Cena experiment's over. You know, we're going to see what Triple H can do with some other guys. Maybe he can elevate somebody else. But no, they had Cena beat him. To, to my surprise, because I was on the I was a message board warrior back back in at that time. I bought into the fact that Cena they weren't going to hitch their wagon to, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Silly old 18, 19 year old idiot. WWE made the right decision. Yes, absolutely agreed. And (laughs) I go back to that year and I'm like, I was such an idiot. Probably some of the stuff I was posting, nothing like graphic, (laughs) but I was like, John Cena sucks. Why are they, why is he champion? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it was just like that whole. So that was him kind of passing the torch to Cena, I think. And uh, I think he did a great job in in trying to do that, even though the crowd didn't want it. WrestleMania 23, four field was, I don't even remember. Was that when he was injured? I don't know if he was injured. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't that, he 2007, wasn't right? He, he no, injured he his spot again. Yeah. And then 24. Triple threat match that no one cared about. 25 was the Orton match that wasn't <sighs> Like, that could have been a great match based on the history. Yeah, but, but then the way they built it up was absolutely atrocious. 26 was Sheamus. So, for some reason, he beat Sheamus. 27 was the. Take a take a match back to back 27 29 was a Brock Lesnar match, shouldn't have won. <laughs> yeah. 30 was a match that, that was a good night because he lost Dave oh, Bryan. Man. Probably the best match on the card. Yep. And then uh 31 was Sting. Oh yeah. 32 yeah. Was Big win. Reign. Yeah. And 32 <laughs> was Reigns and 33 was Seth Rollins. Yeah. So he, he, yeah, he, he 32, he kind of did what he tried to do with Benoit and and Batista, I mean, it didn't really turn out well for Reigns because the crowd just wasn't, still wasn't buying in. Nope. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier, but uh, before we wrap up here and finish up our show, our friends over at Ring Rust Radio, all the talk about WrestleMania, I forgot about Ring Rust Radio, and what they're going to do at WrestleMania come April 7th, the day, the day before WrestleMania, at the Hilton Gardens in New Orleans on Saturday, April 7th from 2 to 4 p.m. They're having a live show. We were at their last live show at the Royal Rumble weekend, the day of the Royal Rumble here in Philly at Lorraine's up in the Fairmont section of Philly. 
but they're doing another one down in New Orleans. So you'll be able to do match commentary, smarts in the darkness things, dirt sheet mat libs, raffles, Q&A sessions, and more. Tickets are just $10. You can buy those tickets for Ringless Radio, patreon.com slash Radio, or via PayPal, ringrestradio at gmail.com. Uh, Dave, Donald Wood, Mike Kiari, Brandon Galvin, good people. Like I said, me and Nick were at the last live show. I was part of the panel with Joey Archidiacono. Those guys are great. They're good friends of the show. We've hung out with them a bunch of times, going to wrestling shows, done podcasts, the whole nine. So check them out. We're going to have also a little ad on we listening live, so you're not going to hear the ad. But on demand, you will hear an ad at about now. Do you love wrestling? Are you in or around New Orleans during WrestleMania weekend? Then come check out Ring Rust Radio Live from the Hilton Garden Inn New Orleans Convention Center on Saturday, April 7th from 2 to 4 p.m. local time. Tickets are only $10 and available on PayPal via ringrustradio at gmail.com or on patreon.com slash ringrustradio. Don't miss the boys of Ring Rust Radio. You've heard, you know, the good ad there. But regardless, check them out. Ring West Radio Live, April 7th, 2 to 4 p.m. down in New Orleans. They all, they just said it. You know, I just, you know, left a little space in there for it. But they just said it for me anyway. But uh, check those guys out. But we're going to wrap up here because, you know, we're past the hour. Let me get uh, three honorable mentions. Uh, no, I got to mention two big names that were, these are beyond honorable mentions. These are guys who deserve to be on the list. Hulk Hogan deserves to be on the list. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you feel about Hulk Hogan, personally, doesn't take away the fact that he was the guy who carried WrestleMania and from a drawing power standpoint, in his first eight years, mm-hmm. essentially, eight, nine, ten years. So yeah. I know we said the Savage was like he had a fabulous run, but the drawing power was for Hogan. You know, he's the first, what, one, two, three, four. First one, two, nine. First three main events. He oh. was involved in the main event of four, and he's at five, six, seven, eight, eight yeah. nine main event. Like, I mean, you, it goes without saying at this point that Hogan was a huge star in the 80s and the early 90s, and WrestleMania was built essentially on his back. They wouldn't have been, I mean, mm-hmm. the idea of WrestleMania probably came about because Vince McMahon saw the fact that he had a big star in Hulk Hogan and he needed a way to showcase him on a large stage, thus WrestleMania. Because mm-hmm. the concept of WrestleMania before 1983 of, of, a, of a super show like that, like a one night huge show, didn't really exist. I mean, Territories had their own shows, had their big show, which is usually like the Christmas night show, the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. night show. I know Mid-South had the big show at the Superdome every year. But on that wide of a scale, Starcade was in 83. That was a pretty big show. And WrestleMania came along, and, you know, there you have it. So Hogan definitely has to be mentioned. Not an honorable mention, but among the top, you know, uh, performers and especially drawing cards mm-hmm. in WrestleMania history. Regardless of how you feel about him personally, listen, I'm not a huge fan of things he's done neither, but can't take away from what he's accomplished in wrestling. Also, got to mention Stone Cold Steve Austin, man. Who? What? Stone what? Cold Steve Austin. What? <laughs> For WrestleMania 13 with the match with Bret Hart. Yep. Classic. Instant classic. WrestleMania 14, he wins the title. WrestleMania 15, he wins the title. And, of course, WrestleMania 17... He wins the title again from the yeah. Rock. <laughs> and in 19, Three out of four. Not bad. Yeah, and in 19 was his last match. Another memorable night. He had a short run at WrestleMania, but it was a very, very memorable run it was. at WrestleMania. 
And that's all I got. We got to mention those two guys. Not honorable mentions, but they are on the list as top WrestleMania performers. I'd have to go back and see these two and their matches. But Chris Jericho and Edge, I think just because, you know, I think they're so underappreciated for what they've done. But I think going back, maybe I'll save that for next week. I'll go back this week and look look at their WrestleMania history and just kind of those are the two I had. I had one more, and I don't know if this is gonna this is gonna you know poke the bear a little bit. But I got Shane McMahon on my list. Not failing. <laughs> Not for WrestleMania. Yeah. He's had what? he's had his biggest moments at WrestleMania. What minus the fall off the camp? Yeah. What? I got the match he had against Vince at WrestleMania 17. He had a good he match with Xbox. He had a good match yeah. with Xbox at, at WrestleMania 15. After that, Hell in a Cell. No, <laughs> not buying it. Can't do it. That was his big triumphant return to the company. No, nope, don't care. I'm not. I'm not allowing a shaving man. Nope. <laughs> I'll give you Chris Jericho. I'll give you Edge. Edge had the TLC matches. He had a hell of a main yeah. event with Undertaker. Wow, not even an honorable mention for Shane O'Mac. Nope. He's battling diverticulitis, man. More power to him. You know, you know, like get well soon, brother. See you at WrestleMania 34, but we're not giving you this on this list. For nope, can't do it. Oh, man, killing me. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody else want to? Any terrible name you want to mention before we wrap up here? King Kong Monday. Stop it. Uh, on that note, let's wrap up here, folks. It was a wonderful discussion we just had. Mine is Shane McMahon mentioned amongst the greatest WrestleMania performances, performers of all time. Uh, so, uh, Nick. I don't think so, huh? Nick. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Plug, I, I got you away, off. Please. Plug away. You can follow me at Nick Picone on Twitter. I swear I won't uh, talk about Shane McMahon for a while. And you can follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter, Facebook on facebook.com slash the straight shooters. You can watch this podcast in video form. Uh, we'll be posting it shortly and also a link to our podcast once it gets up on wildfireradio.com. Follow me at phillyvoice.com for wrestling. I'll have a WrestleMania preview next week and also a WrestleMania recap the after day after WrestleMania and phillyinfluencer.com for your Philly sports. There you go. I'm at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. Uh, I still tweet about pro wrestling there. Uh, so, yeah, check me out there. That's why I am as far as the interwebs. Uh, we're also, you, you said straight shooters on Facebook already, so mm. we're on there too. Uh, and let me not forget to mention again, Ring Rest Radio live in New Orleans, Saturday, April 7th, 2 to 4 p.m. local time. That's another thing, local time. This is New Orleans time. So, New Orleans is in the central time zone, so it's going to be 2 to 4 p.m. New Orleans time, and they'll be doing a bunch of stuff. Like I said, we were there at WrestleMania, not WrestleMania weekend, Royal Rumble weekend, Royal Rumble day, day of the Royal Rumble. We were there mm-hmm. at Lorraine's uh, up in 1502 Brown Street in Philadelphia. Donald Wood, Joey Archidiacono, and I were joined by a room full of people. We had a blast. We watched some terrible matches. I, I got a trivia question right, and I want a poster of uh... – Lucha Underground it's person. Ha- it's hanging up on Nick's wall right now as we speak. So not definitely not that one. <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of fun. So if you're in New Orleans for WrestleMania weekend, for one, have a good time because New Orleans is yeah. a lot of fun. But also, ten dollars 
gets you into the show. Hang out with them, hook up with them. Patreon.com slash Ringwest Radio for your tickets. You can buy them there or PayPal, you know, via ringwestradio at gmail.com. Get your seats because they're flying fast. So check them out. Like I said, the good guys over at Ringwest Radio, Donald Wood, Mike Chiari, and Brandon Galvin. I've met two out of three. I've met Donald Wood a bunch of times, obviously. Brandon and Mike Chiari, I met him at WrestleMania back in 29, WrestleMania 29. So, uh, so yeah, good people, and they have a good show. It's on iTunes all everywhere, so check them out uh, each and every week, each and every Wednesday, I believe, on iTunes. So that's it for our show, episode 141 of The Straight Shooters. We had a good show, too, by the way. No. You can find us on multiple platforms. What are those platforms? I shall remind you. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and of course, the mothership, WildfireRadio.com. For Nick Pacone, I'm Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening and watching episode 141 of The Straight Shooters. And we'll catch you all again for our WrestleMania preview next week. Peace. You've been listening to The Straight Shooters on Wildfire Radio. For advertising opportunities, contact Nick Picone via email at piconenick at gmail.com or call 856-625-1190.